I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, we are talking about smart devices and how to use them safely. Uh, Here today with me is service manager, Alex Lutz. Alex, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do specifically in Lutz Technology? Sure. So uh, I work for the uh, Lutz Tech MSP. Um, so managed service, we provide managed services to our clients. That means that we come in and we take over all aspects of the IT for the business. You know, my role is basically making sure that we are tight on our operations, that our staff has, you know, the training and the tools that they need to be successful. And, uh, you know, we I work quite a bit with our clients and Actually, I work quite a bit with you. Yeah, we actually, um, well, in the last month, I now sit directly behind you. Yep. So you have to look at me every day. Which it's highlight of my morning. <laughs> You're so full of it, but thank you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, today I guess we're here to talk about you know smart home devices. Um, can you help us understand a little bit what that means and what all is involved in that category and what kind of devices those are? Sure. So smart home is kind of a broad term for devices that are a part of your internet of things. So the you know, basic definition of, of a smart home device is any of these connected devices that you're p- purchasing and putting in your home. You know, they serve different functions. Some are for entertainment, some are security, um, but there's, there's crazier things like you know, smart refrigerators. Um, smart toothbrushes that don't necessarily make a lot of sense, but are also considered part of your smart home. Right. Do you, I guess, a disclaimer, do you have any of these devices? What's your thoughts on personally using them? Yeah, definitely. So I use quite a few smart home devices in my home. Um, I like Google quite a bit. I think you're going to probably get tired of hearing me talk about it a little bit, but I'm a definitely a Google fanboy when it comes to smart home and smart home devices. Um, so there's a couple of different smart home ecosystems. There's the sort of world of Google, um, and then there's the world of Amazon. And they're kind of based around their smart assistant. Most smart home devices you control with your voice. Now, that's not always the case. You can also control most smart home devices with your computer or your smartphone. But a lot of times people will build sort of their smart home around whatever assistant it is that they like to use. So. You know, Apple has their own assistant, Siri, as well, um, although the two major players in the smart home industry are Google and Amazon, right. with the Google Assistant and Alexa. Sure. Yeah. Would you consider Sonos in that realm? Or I mean, I know that Sonos primarily is just audio, but I've used that a little bit. It doesn't really connect to any assistant, per se, but... Well, actually, it does. Okay. So Sonos is an interesting category of devices. It connects to Alexa. Okay. And okay. actually has Alexa integration built right in. I didn't realize it. It, uh, I believe, can be controlled to a certain degree with a separate Google Home device. But Sonos actually has Alexa right in the speaker. So you can talk to a Sonos device. It'll respond just like it's uh, an Amazon Echo. Yeah, because I I have a little bit of experience with the Sonos. I mean, clearly, I didn't even know that it had the Alexa capability. So hopefully I'm covering, you know, the absolute simplest of questions out there. (laughs) No, and that's a good point. So... 
and I'll talk about this in a little bit when we get to security, but you know, it's wise to keep your devices updated. Okay. So something you should really consider doing is right. updating that Sonos because it probably will come with new features and it'll have better security and security patches. Okay, well I guess that is a perfect segue then. What happens if your devices that you have get hacked? Can they get hacked? People have a lot of probably misunderstood ideas about hacking and what that actually means. What does that look like for smart home devices? Sure. So, you know, whenever you talk about security, it's good to have uh, sort of healthy paranoia, um, but not let it get away from you. That said, it is also important to understand that uh, if a device is connected to the internet, it's not really a question of if it will be hacked, it's a question of when it'll be hacked. And that's the way you really need to think about it. So there are a lot of ways for people to get into or to get connected to you know, your home network. And the smart home devices are one of those entry points, considering that you probably have a computer and a smartphone, at very least, on your network. Now that's two access points uh, for somebody to get in. Well, once you start adding in all the smart home devices, you're adding significantly more points that an attacker could get in mm -hmm. to your home. So right. Along those lines, I guess I... Uh a good perspective personally that I think was kind of interesting to think about was when, when those smart smart home devices respond isn't that's when they've started to respond not when they've started to listen because they're always they're always listening I was on I was at lunch today and I got on the phone and my folks you know the Alexa home whatever they have but it responded to me while I was on the phone you know so it's just kind of crazy those things are always connected they're always I guess there yeah, but, they're, they're always listening. They aren't necessarily always recording. Right, okay. So uh, one of the freakier moments for me was the first time, you know, I, I logged into my Google account after getting a Google Home, and I went and listened to the recordings. So not everyone realizes that those recordings are actually stored on Google servers right. and that you can go listen to those. Google right. will actually uh, parse that information for things to help in their advertising to you. So you'll ask, you know, your Google Home for something or ask it about something, and then all of a sudden you'll start seeing it show up in your search results. Something to keep in mind is that one of the risks when you're recording your voice, or sorry, when you're using a smart home speaker, is the fact that it is always listening for that wake word, but the second it hears it, it starts recording your voice. After you're done talking to it, it's still going to listen for a few seconds. Sure. And so when I went through and started listening to those recordings, I started hearing like crazy stuff I never would have expected to be right. you know, in Google's database or their service. Now they've got lots of policies in place that you can review online for you know, how they use that data, how they treat that data. Um, Google allows you to go in and opt out of that so that they're not recorded. Uh, you can go in and clear out, delete the previous recordings. Amazon uh, Alexa has a very similar approach. Right. Interesting, so, yeah. Um, I could see how that would pose some concerns, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I've heard people talk about their concerns with recording, you know, what we're saying and, and conversations you're having around smart home devices, but I don't think I've ever heard someone deny buying one of these devices because of those concerns. You know, I mean, it's the convenience almost outweighs the, the concern about what's being recorded for some people. I know that there's some that have more concerns, but, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, if, if you're getting more out of it than, than what you're concerned with, uh, people don't tend to, you know not make that purchase. Um, are, are there any smart home devices that aren't vulnerable? I mean, if, if it has an internet connection and it's you know listening, it's, it's vulnerable, right? Yeah, every single device connected to the internet is vulnerable in some way. And there are different ways that you can protect yourself from that. So right. 
one of the things I don't think a lot of people realize is just how important passwords are. Um, and we say that and a lot, you hear that a lot on the news. Um, you, know, there's, you can go Google, like, what is the top 10 list of most insecure passwords? You know, it's always like password, one, two, three, four, things like that. Well, the thing, again, that people don't always realize is that uh, as these breaches occur, so, you know, you've heard about, like, the Equifax breach mm -hmm. um, or the Target breach. Well, during those breaches, a lot of times passwords are compromised. Right. Um, they'll go grab huge databases worth of passwords. Well, those passwords get stored on the Internet. They're right. stored typically in the dark web where people can go purchase large groups of those passwords and then use them or reuse them uh, to access accounts. So the way that a smart home works uh, typically is that the device is not really the brain of your smart home. The brain of your smart home is actually sitting out in the cloud somewhere. Sure. So the security of your accounts and passwords is of the utmost importance when you're thinking about you know, what data can you or will you be willing to give people access to. Sure. Um, there are websites that you can go out there and literally check and see what passwords have been compromised or how those passwords have been compromised. Related, as they relate to yourself. Yeah, you absolutely. Passwords in certain accounts that you have that have been. You put in a username, it'll tell you every password that's associated with that username that's been part of a breach. You said that there's, what are those websites called in case people are curious about? Do you have any idea? Yeah, so I will put a link in the show notes. Um, there's a website called Have I Been Pwned? Have I Been Pwned? Yeah, with a P. <laughs> um, and believe it or not, that website is actually totally legit. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't search for a password with a username, so okay. you're not giving away your full credentials when you're right. searching for things like that. But it is a good way to really freak yourself out. It's almost impossible to find uh, somebody that doesn't have a password compromised sure. out there somewhere. Right. So it's it's best practice to make sure that you're changing your passwords on a fairly regular cadence. Yeah, I probably don't change mine as often as I should. I probably change mine <clears throat> once a year or so. Right. But a better way to protect yourself, a more complete way to protect yourself, is to use uh, two-factor authentication. So. That's like when you log into certain services, I'm sure you've seen where it will, uh, you'll get a text on your phone, you need to put in like a six digit key. Right. Or uh, sometimes you'll use an application and it'll give you um, a key that you need to put in. That is called two-factor authentication. That'll keep your account secure from, you know, if, if let's say your password is compromised and somebody tries to log in, you'll get that pop-up on your phone that says, hey, you're trying to log in, put your key in. If you weren't the one that did it, you know, you have a pretty good idea that your password is compromised. Right. So, you know, a lot of these examples that people or that you read about on the news of smart home devices getting compromised, that is almost always the result of someone's password being too simple or, or having been compromised in some way. Sure. Interesting. And that, that two factor is obviously based on the the number of the device itself, right? So when you log into something and it gives you a two-factor code that you need to put in and it says, remember this device, you won't be prompted each time. It's when it's if someone tries to log into your account from some random computer somewhere and you get a text and it says, hey, enter this code, you know that you haven't requested that or you haven't been trying to log in through any machine, right? So it is actually per account that you're yeah. using. And okay. when you go to set up one of these devices, you're almost always associating that with some kind of account on the internet. Right. Um, with uh, Google devices, it'll be your Gmail account. Um, you know, with Alexa, it'll be whatever account you have set up through Amazon, usually your Amazon or Amazon Prime account. Mm -hmm. So if that password is compromised, then your smart home is compromised. 
a lot of these devices also have passwords on them to set them up in the first place. So the first thing you want to do when you purchase any kind of smart device, whether you intend to use it or not, is to change that default password. Um, if you don't know how to do that, you probably shouldn't be purchasing smart home devices. It's a very important step. You need to change that default password and you really need to connect it to some kind of service. If you haven't done that, uh, the device is actually going to be sitting out there. They're waiting to connect to some kind of service. So if you were to have, let's say you had a neighbor or something like that, and they're looking on their phone, maybe even unintentionally, mm-hmm. they will they could see maybe your ring doorbell that didn't get set up, but it's got plugged in. Well, they could connect their account to your doorbell and then all of a sudden they've got access to your camera. So make sure that if you do purchase a a smart home device, you set it up. Um, If you don't understand how to set it up or you don't know how to change a password or or if you don't understand the device itself, it's probably best. (laughs) I don't know about calling me, (laughs) um, but I would call. I would call. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll come over. I'll come over and help you set up, set up your Google home. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's probably best to call a professional yeah, right. or somebody that you know that you feel like you can trust as far as uh, technology is concerned. Right. Which, at the end of the day, you're, I mean, you're, in, you're saying get that device registered I mean, through your network, right? Through your Wi-Fi network. That yeah. way it's not reaching out looking for other, others to, you know, get it set up, right? Right. Kind, exactly. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. you, you want to, when you set these devices up, the first thing they're going to want to do is connect to some kind of Wi-Fi. Um, in some cases, they'll want to connect to Bluetooth. Right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, once you get that device connected to your Wi-Fi network, that's when you're when you're going to get it set up. Now, the way that that happens most of the time is you'll plug the device in your smartphone. You know, you'll need to install an app on your smartphone, and then you will be able to connect to that device using the app on the smartphone. Got it. Um, once you've got that connection, it'll let you connect to your home Wi-Fi network, and that's where security starts to get kind of scary. Um, because when one of these devices gets connected, it's suddenly got access to everything else on your network, not just the Wi-Fi. So it's really important that when you go and purchase one of these devices, that you're using a device from a brand that you trust. So you know, if you were to go out on, um, again, I hate to keep using this as an example, but let's say you were to look uh, for examples of Google for examples of Nest devices getting compromised. Sure. You're going to find them everywhere because Nest is such a large company. Uh, they very rarely in those articles will explain how they got compromised. Sure. And they will pretty much never tell you how yeah. the company went back and protected the device right. from that happening. Again. Right. Retroactively made changes so that, I mean. Large companies have budgets for providing security patches and updates to these devices. Right. Smaller companies may or may not. They probably don't care. So, you know, going out and picking up a device from a larger manufacturer is, is typically wise. Do you have any examples that, that you know of, of, you know, situations where, you know, these larger larger company, larger brand products have been compromised? I mean, any, not to freak people out, but any horror stories from these, these smart home devices? Absolutely. Uh, Ring is a great example. Yeah. So, you know, Ring, Ring doorbells are pretty, I mean, there's lots of stories out on the internet, mostly because that device is so popular. Right. Uh, where people's ring doorbell got compromised. Um, baby monitors is another great example uh, where 
you know, baby monitors getting compromised, people seeing live streams of somebody's, you know, of a child in a crib or something like that. That's horrifying. Yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. Oh my gosh. And again, I mean, a lot of that has to do with common sense. So right. It's you know, you you like it's it's interesting. You want to have the convenience of of these types of devices sure. where you've got cameras like security cameras or you've got your smart speakers but you need to think through the fact that you've got eyes and ears now in that room that are that are always on potentially and could be compromised right so use your best judgment but i would definitely not have a webcam or a security camera in my bedroom for instance i wouldn't put a smart speaker in a room that uh I wouldn't want people listening to conversations in. I would say that I, I wouldn't care or that I would have, you know, those smart devices in my room, but I don't think I'd be in any danger. I think people would tune in and quickly tune out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's something that they would be monitoring for too long, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> Whether so, it's just boring or whatnot, yeah, right, they don't want right. to be privy to that right. at all. <laughs> But, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense, though. Anything that leads to higher convenience for us uh, typically probably means more risk, right? I mean, think about it. Of course, it's nice to be able to have your baby camera on your phone, but it's easier for you, so it's probably easier for someone else, right? Yeah, well, again, it's just it's a matter of making sure that you, you are smart about where your smart devices are. Sure. A lot of people consider, I would say a lot of security experts actually recommend having sort of safe or clean rooms in your home where there are no smart devices. Right. Uh, where you can go when you're having a private conversation. Um, now, we are talking about a level of paranoia that's probably not always warranted. Sure. Uh, for the most part, hackers don't really care uh, about you as an individual. They're not targeting you. Uh, the examples that you hear about are typically pretty rare and extreme. Those are the ones that make it on the news. But for the average Joe, the odds of you getting compromised are, are fairly slim, at least through a smart home device. That said, you really do need to keep an eye on your passwords. Make sure that those are changing. Bank right. accounts, um, <clears throat> making sure that whatever username and password you're using to log into, your, whether it's your email, your bank account, they need to be different passwords. Right. Uh, complex passwords, using a passphrase as opposed to just a regular password. That's another topic in itself that's pretty terrifying because I know I'm not the only one that's thinking to myself right now, okay, if this password got compromised, someone could take over my life. Again, going back to I don't think they would want to. There's nothing for them to take. But, you know, it's, you know, when you're when you're sitting down and logging into whatever simple service it is online and you just need to create a password, you don't think twice about putting in a complex password, especially a complex password that's different than your other complex password. For sure. I guess, do you have any suggestions? And this isn't necessarily related to smart home devices, but I, you hear about password protection softwares and, and, and different ways to keep your passwords safe. Um, right now, I mean, to tell you the truth, I think I'm sure most people just count on their browser to be saving their password history, and then they can go into that browser and look at what their password is. Do you use anything specific, um, or is there anything you, you think is, is a good idea to look into? Yeah, so I actually do think LastPass is a product that you can, you can use that's a password manager. You put the app on your phone, and then you can also have the app in your web browsers. It'll store and encrypt your passwords, but it also suggests uh, passwords to use when you set up new accounts. Got it. Um, so it'll suggest long, complicated passwords that there's no way any human being could remember yeah. um, and are pretty much <clears throat> unhackable. 
and then uh, when you log into your web browser, it's just right there for you. It'll pre-populate just like uh, Google Chrome does. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but when you log into Google Chrome, passwords pop right up. Cool, and I think that most people are probably mainly concerned with the hackers that they don't know are trying to hack their stuff when actuality, and correct me if I'm wrong, typically people are getting hacked through social engineering, right? I mean, isn't that when most you know of your accounts are gonna get hacked, not someone sitting there with a fancy hacking device that's gonna you know run through millions and billions of different passwords. It's probably someone that's gonna find out your password from you, right? Oh yeah, and that's where those passwords come from when they're not coming from those large security breaches. Uh, bots, you know, automated pieces of software out on the internet will send you requests for passwords that'll look like you're logging into your Microsoft account or Google account. Um, you put in your username and password, uh, you're none the wiser, and then all of a sudden those credentials are out on the internet. Anybody that wants to can log into your accounts. Right. So more than so. anything, it's about. Uh, shutting your front door after you walk into your house, right? You Basically, make yeah. sure you're not just leaving yourself wide open for people to to compromise you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess you could probably mitigate that by changing your password, having complex passwords, and not giving out your password. Well, that's that's another thing with with security. You just kind of have to assume your password is compromised, right? So again, that's that's where the sort of the brilliance of two-factor authentication comes in because somebody would have to have that password and they would also have to have your smartphone right. in order to get into one of your accounts. Okay, so with two-factor two authentication, yes, that's obviously useful, but not every account or not every you know, website or thing that you're going to log into is going to offer two-factor, right? Is there a way that you can, are there plugins or, or add-ons that have two-factor that you can use for certain websites or does it have to derive from that place that you're logging in? So it depends on the account. And for how important it is to have two-factor. Right. Uh, your Amazon account can absolutely have two-factor set up on it. Um, if you have a bank and a bank login and they don't have some way for you to use two-factor authentication, I probably would switch banks. Right. Um, it's just becoming the norm. It's a necessity in today, you know, the security world of, of today, I guess. Right. So you're saying probably the cash under my mattress doesn't have enough factors to it. I mean, there's a... <laughs> a door, you know. No, yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, I don't know. That cash in your mattress is probably safer than the cash in a bank account where you can't put a put two factor uh, two factor on it. Yeah. Noted. Okay, so that goes up the totem pole then of, of security. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, I guess are are there any other ways that you can protect yourself? Any other things that you think related to smart home devices that, that people really need to keep in mind? You know. What are some of your personal experiences with them, I guess, if anything? I've got, I've got a lot of personal experiences with smart home devices. You know, in my home, I've got Google Homes or Google Home Minis in most of the main, like, living areas of my house. Right. Um, we use them for everything from turning lights on and off to controlling the TV, playing um, videos from, from Netflix or, or YouTube or whatever. My kids, you know, they love using, they have no idea how to use a TV remote. They do everything using using the Google no Assistant. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, there's lots of interesting use cases. Um, one of my favorite smart home devices is probably the uh, Nest thermostat. Okay. So that's a really cool one. Sure. Um, you can control your heating and cooling with your voice. Um, you just tell it, hey, Google, set up the, uh, set my temperature to 72 or whatever, and it'll, it'll make the adjustment right away. But then it also learns your habits. It learns when you're home, when you're not home. Uh, which is actually kind of creepy, but yeah. super cool too, right. because 
when you leave your house, it can automatically reduce the temperature or increase the temperature based on what time of year it is to save you some money. And it saves a surprising amount, actually. It'll pay for itself pretty quick. See, I don't have that issue right now because single-pane windows keep my house cool all the time. (laughs) So (laughs) I really am not too concerned by making sure that I'm regulating temperature when I'm there or not there because I'm always cold. (laughs) That, <laughs> that's that'll work well so that's, that's maybe a lifestyle thing or, or maybe. maybe i'm in a different place in my life than you are don't they have uh i mean they, they've got like plastic wrap you can put over your windows and stuff right? <laughs> yeah. like, when i moved in we had that actually on my windows i'm not joking and then we decided that it looked too it, it looked too uh you know i'll just say it, it looked nasty and so i took the plastic wrap off the windows and i wish i hadn't because that was really a better barrier than the glass yeah but again, it yeah, expensive. well, and to that point, you were talking about the nest. There's no way my 55-year-old heating and air system in my house that I rent is capable of that, right? No, I, I would be shocked if it wasn't capable, actually. Um, it just connects just like uh, any other thermostat. Um, really? I was able to hook it up myself. I have no idea how to do thermostat, HVAC Electrical stuff. Electrical stuff. And uh, I was able to hook it up myself. They've got pretty easy instructions to follow. Hmm. I don't know, maybe 45 minutes. But it can't do anything for my windows. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably not. Awesome. Well, cool. I mean, if, if there's there anything else that you you know you had you wanted to talk about or any th- any suggestions you had for the folks? Um, as far as the uh, smart home, you know, it's something to be cautious about. But right. technology in general is something to have to be cautious about. Right. You can't take for granted that you're just safe. A lot of people do, I think. And uh, a lot of that has to do, again, with sort of common sense, making sure that you're making decisions about uh, what technologies you're comfortable using um, and only really using technologies that you're comfortable using. And if you don't understand how a device works, it's probably smart to go do some research on it and, and figure it out. Cheap, you're, you're much more likely to get compromised by a cheap smart TV that you picked up at you know on Black Friday right. than you are by purchasing something nice from Samsung or whatever. And if you do end up purchasing one of those those cheaper devices, uh, what you, you get what you pay for. But see if you can you know read the manual, make sure it's it's if it is a smart device. Sometimes and this is tricky. Sometimes you'll actually end up with smart devices in your home that you don't realize are smart devices. You know, if your TV, if you watch Netflix on your TV without any boxes plugged into it, it's a smart TV. That means that it needs to be updated uh, at a fairly regular cadence. So you want to make sure that if, if that's the case, you're comfortable with that, that you're uh, keeping on top of that. If you've got a Roku device, typically that'll update itself. Google Chromecasts will also typically update themselves. Um, but, you know, some no-name manufacturer... Uh, selling basically cheap knockoffs of these devices they don't care right and those are the places where you're most likely to get uh, get compromised I think it's also important for people to realize like so what, what happens when you get hacked if, if a smart home device in your house was to get hacked like what's the worst case scenario and it's ironically losing passwords to your accounts like we've been talking about pa- this should be the password podcast not the smart home podcast sure like that's all we're really talking about but you know, somebody gets your bank account password, it's game over, right? Right. So that the other piece of it is if they know what they're doing, you're never going to know that they're in your network. You know, a lot of these situations where a uh, security camera in your house uh, or security cameras in houses have been compromised, 
where people find out, it's because um, somebody put that out on the internet as like a live stream of your house and people are watching what's going, like it's random strangers just sort of watching what's going on. Like it's so unnerving to think about. Absolutely. And people will almost never find out that that's happening. You know, it's the way people find out that that's happening is in the case of a baby monitor, some of these baby monitors have speakers on them where you can talk to the, you know, talk to your kid. Well, <laughs> suddenly you're hearing a stranger's voice in your kid's room and you're like, oh my God, what have I done? That's horrible. So I like, I've you know. i got some horrible things going through my head right now. That's terrifying. It is. It is. Uh, it's one of the reasons I don't think I would use a no. smart baby monitor in my house. I've got a couple of kids and I'd, I'd rather just, let's, let's keep them safe and yeah, keep room, that shut. I don't want to. I don't want to hear them. I don't, you know, none of that. Like if they're just in there, they're fine, right? I mean, I don't have any kids, but I'm assuming that's probably how it is. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're <laughs> in there and they're quiet, you're probably in trouble. Usually, <laughs> right. usually when they're together, it's uh, it's loud. Cool. Well, you know, I appreciate you know you taking the time to talk to us today. Um, probably a couple of the main takeaways are update your stuff and, and change your passwords and look into some of those resources that, hey, what was it? Don't get pwned? Yes, dot com. Don't get pwned dot com and yep. LastPass. Yeah. Got it. Okay, well, hopefully people will look into those and, and utilize those for the benefits that they provide. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today, Alex. Yeah, you bet. Anytime. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.